Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film After We Collided. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, just be aware that we will talk about the plot. There will be spoilers. Enjoy. Watermelon sugar. Watermelon sugar. That's your song for today. That's that's um, Alan Sugar's brother, right? Watermelon sugar. <laughs> yeah. So watermelon sugar. <laughs> He's in the House of Lords, <laughs> exactly. voting for all the wrong yeah. things, of course. Of course. I give you pre-warning now that I'm about to pour my sparkling water, just so you don't get the the suspicious sound. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you just did that. Patty. Watermelon Sugar, host of The Apprentice. <laughs> so are you referring to the Harry Styles song? Yes. Watermelon sugar? The Harry Styles bop. Yes. Do you agree that it's a bop? It is a bop. I'm quite a fan of Harry Styles' work. Post um, that bad band he was in. Bum Direction. One Direction, that's it. Yeah, I couldn't, off the top of my head, I couldn't remember it. It escaped me. But I think. Have you seen the television show The Masked Singer? Uh, I've watched some of it, yes. If, if you recall, the uh, the Viking on the most recent season, I don't know if you've seen the most recent season, Saturday nights, ITV, what else are you going to watch in lockdown? But it's, it's something I watch religiously. And there was a, a Viking um, who was unmasked last week, and that was one of the songs that he sang while he was in the Viking costume, and it was great. Surely, if you're dressed as a Viking, you should only be singing Viking metal. That's what I hoped for. But do you know who it actually? Do you know who it was? A genuine Viking who time travelled. <laughs> yeah, you know, because well, what happens at the end of the Masked Singer is that when it's time for them to become a Masked, the studio audience, in, in quite a menacing way, along with the host and all of the panel, go take it off, take it off, take it off. So yeah, what happened was they removed the giant fake Viking head and inside was a real Viking. <laughs> a genuine Viking. He um, was like, I'm just here to cash in on the craze for sea shanties. They should Kids really they should really combine it with uh naked attraction, shouldn't they? Where <laughs> That's literally they the opposite thing. Where they slowly strip. While singing. While singing. Until eventually they're naked, but they've got like the Viking mask on at the top. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, can you tell which singer it is by their penis? <laughs> yeah. And the celebs would do it, because apparently you get paid a lot of money. Oh, wow. It's good publicity and you get paid. Yeah. So who was the Viking? It was Morton Harkett, the lead singer of AHA. Oh, okay. A lot uh, of them are professional singers, interestingly. Yes, yeah, they are. Um, it but would... it's hard to recognise the voice, and they give you loads of goofy clues and stuff of like the person in their costume frolicking in a wood or something. It's great. It um yeah, it's like through the keyhole meets X Factor meets Eurovision <laughs> meets Eurotrip. I thought you were going to say <laughs> meets Eurotrip. <laughs> um, now, what is through the keyhole? I don't, that's a thing I know of, but 
So Through the Keyhole was a TV show that was on when we were we lads um, back in the day. And basically you would go, they'd go around a rich person's house. They'd go around a celebrity's house and then you had to guess who the owner of the house was. Right, okay. Um, this was some adult nonsense that you watched on TV while I was watching <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons. Well, probably. it was it was like a game show. It wasn't it wasn't a serious. They, they didn't go. Who would own a disgusting kitchen like this? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen going, "It's rotten." <laughs> Who is the owner of the rotten tomato? <laughs> Hashtag through the keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> through the keyhole that's what they should um, do they should do like re- like kitchen nightmares but instead of it being like in a restaurant or whatever he gordon ramsay just comes into someone's house and shouts at them and then you have to guess who it is turns up at someone's house and is just like what is this what are you making frozen pizza you disgust me <laughs> someone who's famous um, enough that you're going to be like oh i would enjoy gordon ramsay giving that person a bollocking but not too famous <laughs> Uh, so I'm I'm just having a look here, and Spike Milligan was one of the first celebrity homeowners hmm. on, uh, on through. Or ever, yes, one of the first yeah. celebrities to ever own a home. <laughs> yeah, before that they rented. Yeah, um, yeah. He also had Rick Wakeman in series okay. one as well. Um, yeah, so they got some good people. Got some. Good when people. I was 18 and I worked in Marks and Spencers and I had long hair, one of my coworkers told me I had a Rick Wakeman vibe. I can see that. Yeah, I'll have to dig out a photo, put it in the show notes. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember the long hair. Um, our our favourite man, Yuri Geller, appeared in series two. <laughs> Spoon nuts around Yuri Geller's house. <laughs> of course they did, but that's an obvious one. You go in, there's going to be spoons everywhere. Spoons everywhere. Like, yeah, pictures of Michael Jackson everywhere. Yeah, Jack and Yuri Geller cooks frozen pizza. I bet he does. I think he cooks it with his mind because he's a powerful psychic. Yeah. And then how it comes out is like, you know when you microwave something, but the like turny bowl bit hasn't turned properly? So it's like red hot on one side and frozen on the other. That's how it comes out. Yeah, that's what his spoons are like as well. If you've ever touched a Yuri Geller spoon, one side's really cold and one side's really hot. It's just a an issue with being psychic. I hope I never touch one of Yuri Geller's spoons. <laughs> um anyway right so just like i hope i never have to see another film in this franchise again but i know that i will because they've already filmed films three and four (laughs) back to back which as you know from the history of other films where they've done that is usually a good move but in this case i find it hard to believe obviously the canonical example is beethoven and beethoven second but you know this does not really compare does it i mean for me it's (laughs) It's uh, Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold in King Solomon's <laughs> Mines in terms of back-to-back filming. You can take your Lord yeah. of the Rings. They can only get the mines for a certain period of time. It's all about King Solomon's Mines followed by Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold. Which Did we... they shoot the Lord of the Rings ones back-to-back? Uh, I think so, yeah. Because yeah. well, All three of they... them? Yeah, because they were released year after year, weren't they? Right, yes. Um, so I think they filmed all of it and then released it. Um, hmm, that's good bit, which is good and actually planned unlike when they were doing things like the harry potter movies or um or what's the death island children death island 
Children Death Island. <laughs> yeah, Children Death Island. They go to an island. They I thought you were going to say Boyhood. Um, Richard Linklater's Children's Death Island yeah, that Richard, he shot over twelve years. Richard, yeah, he just put children on an island and killed them. Yeah, it's the, the most artistic snuff movie ever made. He let them um, grow up and then he killed them. And then he killed them. Yeah, um, you mean well, the Hunger Games? Hunger Games. That's it. Children Death Island is a much better name. <laughs> Um, yeah, whereas obviously those two, they were both like, hmm, how can we squeeze some more cash out of this franchise? I know. Let's split a book into two films that definitely doesn't need to be two films. So annoying that Harry Potter did that, and then all the other franchises copied it as well. So Twilight did it, so we had to watch five of them, however many there were. Hunger Games did it, and made, yeah, Mockingjay part. One was just about okay, and then Mockingjay Part 2 was absolutely abysmal. The, th- the other issue is that all of these um, all of these movies, uh, the final book, therefore the final two films, get away from everything that makes the original idea successful. So Harry Potter, <laughs> the final two films, spend no time in the school apart from the lacklustre shootout at the end amongst the ruins of Hogwarts. Yeah, um, although I do like the the first um, Deathly of the two Deathly Hallows films ends with a really creepy scene of Voldemort opening up Dumbledore's grave and like floating down onto his body like he's about to have sex with it. That's quite. That is a very good and very creepy scene to end that film on. I mean, should have had sex with him if you want to impress me, Harry Potter series. Yeah, Voldemort. Come you on, fucking loser, Voldemort. You cuck. <laughs> Have sex with dead Dumbledore, you absolute shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then then um, then Children Death Island Part One and Two. There's no Children Death Island. It's like a little revolutionary war film. The second one, yeah. Well, rubbish is that? Which and- should be exciting, but instead it's it's about Team Peter or Team Gale, which is just so stupid. Team Hemsworth or Team Shortman. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all of that happening against the backdrop of a massive military insurrection that is pushed so far into the background that you're barely aware that it's happening, even though there are explosions every 10 seconds. Yeah. And then I will give Twilight a pass because you get some excellent sheen content yep. across those two movies. Twilight is totally worth watching all of it just to get to that moment of Michael Sheen's maniacal laughing, <laughs> which is one of the greatest yes. things ever captured on film. It is beautiful, but you know what's not a great thing that's been captured on film? Watermelon sugar. <laughs> Why are you singing it like the uh, Mario music? No, no, no. The, Watermelon the, sugar. What, one, one, two. Mario, Super Mario Brothers World 1, 2, when they go underground and it goes... Oh, I see, yeah. Watermelon sugar. Someone must have remixed that already, but if that has not happened... Watermelon sugar. I used to Watermelon be in sugar. one direction, but now I am much better. <laughs> so, Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry, Harry Styles. Um, all of this is obviously a distraction from the fact that we don't want to speak about the movie after we collided, which is really this week's don't. film and is extremely bad. Can we say that no. immediately? Yes, we can. We definitely we- can. I just I feel bad for Harry Styles in this whole thing because this is part of the After series, which... You, if you are not a teenager on the internet or whatever, or sort of a te- teen to sort of early mid twenties, I guess, who is invested in like 
books on the internet fan culture and stuff. You probably haven't even heard of it. But um, basically, it's in the similar way to Twilight and Fifty Shades, starting out as fan fiction outside of you know traditional publishing, which is a good thing um, as a thing. But um, it, this started as um, One Direction fan fiction. So the character is based on Harry Styles, but I... I really think it's nothing to do with him and nothing like him, and I feel bad for him because I respect him and I like watermelon sugar. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Harry, you are welcome anytime. Um, but yeah, it doesn't. The character doesn't seem to have an awful lot similar to Harry Styles. I don't look at Harry Styles and think he's going to be an abusive bastard. <laughs> I think he's going to be one of those guys who talks in that sort of aggressively posh voice. <laughs> How dare you? I am yeah. Hero Finds Tiffin. <laughs> Hero Finds um, Tiffin. Um, so we we reviewed After, the original After. Um, and Last year? Yeah, and did not like it. It is a bad, a bad film. I think it's it, fair to say. It's terrible, yeah. Um, but is it also fair to say that After We Collided is a worse film than the first one? Yes, on a number of levels it's the it's better in one way which is that it has one of the spruce boys in it and he turns in a hilarious performance as perhaps the only person who's aware that the thing that he's acting in is bad and decides to maybe give it a little bit of ham i love but, him because he's a 50 year old man in a young man's body <laughs> do you mean his character or the actor <laughs> why not both no the, the, the character in this is like yeah. i am a young man but i understand economics Here's I a like spreadsheet, you bastards. <laughs> I, I've worked out a used car you could get, etc. Um, yeah. And yeah, I loved him. He was great. He was the only likable character in this entire film. And they did not um, know what to do with him at no, all. They had no idea. It was like it was being set up as a kind of love triangle, but it was obvious from the word go that that our our main character Tessa had no interest in him romantically, and you yeah. didn't really get a sense that he had any interest in her romantically until right at the end of the movie. It was like, well, what a pointless love triangle to throw in. There was genuinely no danger whatsoever in the love triangle. Yeah, he's just a guy. He's just a guy standing in front of a girl telling her she can afford a used car. <laughs> telling her that he bought her a used Toyota. <laughs> oh, he didn't buy it for her, did he? Didn't he didn't he work out how cheap it would be and talk him to Yes, yeah, and talks the guy down to a good price. No, he should have bought the a, a true alpha move. Um, to borrow phrases from online masculine idiots would have been to go into detail about how he got a good price for the car and then buy it for himself and say look at this great car i've got would you like a lift you can't have a lift would you like the car you can't have it do your own work the right financial negging is the new way to attract women i've heard yeah yeah it's on the internet that's your problem trevor you didn't financially neg her yeah you you supported her as a friend which is obviously not what you're meant to do what kind of pickup artist love triangle <laughs> non-essential character are you that's ridiculous um but yeah no i loved him he was brilliant I, he was the only likable character in the entire film apart yeah. from the bow tie wearing swearing child with chains <laughs> <laughs> who also i, I hope my son turns out like i that. would like a spin-off of um 
of 50 year old man in a 20 year old's body and 70 year old man in a nine year old's body having a little awkward adventure of their own yeah that they could go great. to like a, a train like a, a model railway or something yeah yeah but let's 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 um let's do that let's let's get that on the go instead of this awful awful manipulative nasty movie that we got um and you know it's bad because <laughs> the movie opens basically well it opens with a shit voiceover from from our boy um <laughs> what's his name dick turpin <laughs> dick turpin what's his character's name yeah dick turpin the famous english hi- highwayman <laughs> Also, what's his, what's his a famous bastard from history who liked to neg women and punch his dad, it's Dick Turpin. It's something like Dick Turpin or Taffin or something like that. Isn't it? It's Hardin. Hardin, that's it. Hardin, Hardin Scott. Hardin or as I texted you, hard pass more like. Yeah. Um, so Dick Turpin is here <laughs> and he does a terrible voiceover about it basically ripping off um the beginning of 500 days of summer where they go this isn't a love movie but here it's like you think you've heard this story before but it's not it's our yeah. story um you, you think you've heard this story before but you haven't and <laughs> thank you i'm Vinnie somehow Jones. like trying to be a cockney but i'm also aggressively posh at the same time the the fabled poshney yeah um but um <laughs> but yeah so then it's very bold like, in of the them first to do that. he said i don't date and you think, oh, I wonder if they're actually going to do something interesting here. Of course they don't. And instead, <laughs> the next scene is him being abusive to a homeless person. Yeah. His, his Dick Turpin <laughs> just being really violent, like, towards a homeless person. Um, and spoiler alert for the end of the movie, this homeless person comes back at the end and it's, it's Tessa's dad. Oh, that was the same homeless guy. Yeah, the same homeless guy. See, by guy. the time we got to that, I had the movie was so forgettable that I'd totally forgotten that that happened. So, so yeah, this this homeless guy at the beginning, he goes up to Dick Turpin and he says, um, I'm looking for someone. Bunny. Can you... He does it. He says, can you help me? I'm looking for someone. And, and Dick Turpin goes, fuck you, poor person. I don't care about you. I'm fucking rich and I've got shit tattoos and I do not give a fuck. <laughs> and um, I'm going to go and get some more shit tattoos as well. Yeah. And fuck, fuck, fuck. Because they say the word fuck an awful lot in this movie, don't they? Yeah, this is Every basically just is like the, <laughs> a se- sequel. How can we make this a bit edgy? Have a lot of people shouting fuck all the time. Yeah, additional horn section and lots of the use of the word fuck yeah fucks and fucking um so so yeah fuck you movie for starting with <laughs> our protagonist being horrible to a homeless person um that's not good but then it, it kind of falls into a lot of the same traps as the twilight sequels which is interesting because that's another series mm. that started as fan fiction and then became its own thing so yeah the immediate so does that is, mean our, our spruce boy is the, the wolf boys of this film so he's the wolf boys ergo we stan yeah um but we stan a spruce i don't still i don't even know if he's the one that's in riverdale or not and i feel bad about no that. i think that's isn't it cole who's in riverdale i think so yeah. i think um but then so this was dylan yes yeah right um okay. <laughs> but did you notice that she's got a bullshit publishing job yeah of course they have because <laughs> writers can't think of anything else apart from publishing 
This is the thing about writing a book. If your character needs to get a job, it's going to be something to do with publishing, right? And, and it's ex- literally exactly the same as like Fifty Shades. And it's it's just as unrealistic as Fifty Shades. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, Where e- even the interns do get trained a little bit more than like your job is to read manuscripts and literally sat and also intern had her own office for one thing which <laughs> yeah, that yeah. doesn't fucking happen that no actually happen. well to tell you the truth no one in the publishing industry has their own office anymore no, it's because all open plan. the publishing industry is fully bought into open plan but like and i can i can talk about this with real authority because i worked and well i work in academic publishing now which is totally different oh, but I, I work in well, <laughs> academic publishing thank you very much none of your <laughs> shit genre fiction i like my publishing like i like my biscuits dry and pedantic yeah a rich tea <laughs> fucking rich tea motherfucker i fucking um, hate rich teas rich teas are a very bad biscuit i'll eat a rich tea if it's there but it's definitely pretty low on my list of biscuits to eat yeah have yeah. you eaten the the new digestives they have out they're like a special digestive and they're a blood orange digestive so it's a really powerful lovely orange flavor with a digestive biscuit and caramel and it's like okay it's so good I'm this podcast brought to you by McVitie's blood orange digestives yeah um i'm happy to have that as a sponsor let's do, let's do an ad for it and then they have to <laughs> yeah. send us biscuits we'll do we'll do like the mns voiceover of like mm, you want to fuck this biscuit don't you <laughs> I want to make sweet love to this biscuit. This isn't your usual peasant biscuit. This is your fancy-ass biscuit. Um, (laughs) Please um, send us biscuits. Please, yeah, send us some biscuits, you bastards. Um, But yeah, it's, oh, they're so good. Get get some. You wouldn't necessarily think that blood orange, chocolate, caramel would go well together. You might think it'd be a bit overpowering, but actually they get it bang on. I, I, I love a blood orange. Can't argue with yeah. blood orange. It's a very um, nice flavour. But they get the balance bang on right. So the blood orange is sweet enough, the caramel's rich enough, the chocolate's like soft enough, and then you've got the biscuit that sort of brings it all together and adds almost that kind of slightly savoury element to it. And it's, oh, so well done. Well done, McVitie's, for your excellent biscuits. Um, yeah. Those biscuits, infinitely better than this movie. Um, but <laughs> how did we get yeah. onto biscuits? <laughs> Something to do with publishing and biscuits. The publishing industry eats a lot of biscuits, and I can say this with authority. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've worked in pub- publishing for all my career since leaving university, pretty much. So I can talk about this with authority. And, like, yeah, the it's not as bad as in Fifty Shades of Grey where she, like, walks up to someone and says, make the font bigger, which is one of the most bullshit things ever committed to film. But this is just, like, no intern is going to read, like... They're also, like, every, the make out that everyone in publishing reads three books a day. And actually, some people in publishing don't read that fast. And it's fine. Speed of reading is not an indicator of your ability to do things with books. You know, these are just, like, the hoariest cliches that you can find about publishing. But, of course, the, the CEO person is, like, a rich Elon Musk type. Yeah, and, and it's great. Bob so, Vance from Vance Refrigeration. So so day one, she has to read five books or something like Oh, no, she reads three books in one day. She has to read five yeah. a week. Um, and then day two, she gets taken away to a big nightclub and a schmoozing event to get more financial backing for their company. Yeah. And they succeed because she gets drunk with the guy. And yeah, so it was all nonsense, but I was still sort of like, okay, I can get on board with this. I'd kind of enjoy The only accurate it. part is the publishers love to drink. 
that part is true <laughs> yeah. and that everyone is hung over on the first day of a publishing conference um, but why didn't they show that part that's also something i used to go to the frankfurt book fair every year it's like why didn't they show that of them just being all being hung over and having to go to a boring lecture on whatever it is but but at this point paddy in the film can i admit something to you of course i, I was involved in this i was like okay she's fucked off dick bag she is <laughs> off in a fantasy publishing job that doesn't exist and I was like, yeah, this has literally nothing to do with the first movie, and it's all the better for it. Yeah, but- I felt exactly the same. I was like, I want the next day, I want more of them hanging out with investors, I want to hear all about her job and her work and about this amazing bestseller she's found. I want to see this guy doing some Elon Musk shit. I want to see him getting cancelled for, <laughs> for tweeting that someone's a pedo. I want to see him opening a rocket full of books to the moon, you know, and, and her, like, somehow tagging along into that while, like... Hero finds Tiffin is standing on the ground going, Tessa! While Tessa! Like, she's on a, rock, a rocket like t- t- going off into space. That's what I wanted. And it didn't deliver any of that. <laughs> yeah, um, because unfortunately, like a bad smell, um, Hero finds Tiffin's <laughs> Dick Turpin. Hero Dick Turpin. Uh, Hero finds Turpin. Um, he has to turn up. Um, so can I just point out, we've kind of glossed over, there's a little scene with him where he goes to get more shit tattoos. And his yep. tattoos are shit. Really, like, I am really a fan bad. I hope tattoos. they're not his real tattoos. I, I don't think, I, a lot of the time actors don't get a lot of tattoos because it it sort of impacts on their yeah, ability to do, you from... to do big old topless scenes and stuff like that. Um, but um, but yeah, he's off getting a tattoo, and and the tattoo artist offers him some booze and says, "Oh, it'll ease the pain." He's getting an arm tattoo. Arm tattoos don't hurt at all. <laughs> Speaking with experience of someone who has one, it's like a slight, all right. It's like Hard a man. it's like a slight itch, and then he's like, "Oh no, I like the pain." It's like a oh, fuck off, mate. And then the the tattoo artist says in response to that, "Suit yourself, you fucking masochist." And I'm like, "That's literally what that means." You don't need to say that because that's <laughs> yeah. what that means. That is literally what I like the pain means. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's very bad. But then uh, she, unfortunately, she ruins the movie. Tessa ruins the movie by calling up Hard Harden. 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 Again, that's not a name. It's, it's not a name. Do, do, do people believe that the British just make up names? Like, do people think that this is what we're like? What we're like? Paddy's like, not a real name. Robert's not no, a real name. We just made them up. Yeah, we just made them up on the spot. It's it's a part yeah. of British um, culture where the moment you turn ten years old, you get to choose your own name and you make it up. And it can't be a name that's ever been made before. No, it has been heard before. <laughs> has to be. Yeah, our, our international listeners, this is a little known fact about Britain. Um, Boris Johnson was the first person to come up with the name Boris. Yeah. Um, that, that's a science fact for you right there. Um, so, so he turns up and, um, yeah, so, so, so she calls him drunk and is like, I'm drunk and I'm having fun. And, he, I'm slurring my words in a club. And and he immediately goes into full-on creepy abusive stalker mode. Um, so he so says... He literally says, I have your location, I can find you. Yes, I have your location, I can find you. Where are, His first words are, where are you? And then, who are you with? And then he actually turns up um, at yep. their location like a fucking freak. Um he then turns up at her hotel room. Um, our our beautiful glass glasses wearing boy 
had some wine spilt on him and is getting cleaned up and, and Hero finds Tiffin yeah. immediately He's jumps in his to old man boxes. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um and, and Hero finds Tiffin immediately jumps to conclusions and goes, You're sleeping with this man, how dare you? Blah 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 blah. Um When it, they're not even together. No, they're not even together and then um she broke he, up with him for a reason that i couldn't remember from the first film because i really remembered so little about the first film did yeah, you find I, that that like it was so forgettable that like was, any of the details forgettable um much more so than um 50 shades or at least 50 shades 50 shades is of a memorable terrible movie after is a unmemorable terrible movie um, but I think I'll probably remember more of this one because so many yeah. awful things happen. Um, so, so Hero finds Tiffin then says when they're, so they kick out, they kick out Glasses Boy. Um, and, um, and then he's like, oh, he's taking advantage of drunk women. Literally two seconds what after he doing? says that, he has sex with her when she's very, very drunk. And it's meant to be this like romantic scene of like, oh, they're getting back together and this, this sexy music plays. And you're like, oh, yeah. Um, but no, what we're seeing is the an kind abusive... of like sexy advert music you have now. Yeah, like, <laughs> the, the marks and senses. <laughs> That's my impression of sexy advert <laughs> music. Very good. Um, yeah, so so horrible, manipulative ex-boyfriend turns up when his ex-girlfriend is drunk, and then is 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 threatening towards one of her friends, and then has sex with her while she's very drunk. This is not romance no this is awful it's very bad um and and that's just like the first 20 minutes of the film and yeah this is this is the beginning of the movie um and this is an ongoing problem with the entire film is the first film has issues with abusive and manipulative relationships um and the cliched romanticizing of it which we really thought we were over after 50 shades and twilight yeah but nope, um, and here it is and it has we, fans we had that awful italian movie as well what was it was it 365 days il postino <laughs> il postino you don't you dare say yeah. <laughs> anything bad about il postino uh, the bicycle thieves <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um yeah no. goddard's the fifth element <laughs> What, what was it called? Was it? Um, yeah, three hundred and sixty-five days. Yeah, which was an awful, awful movie. But that was that was clearly meant for an older audience, for one thing. Yeah, um, and also was was basically just softcore pornography with no yeah. real attempt at, at any it's kind of thing. Um, porn with some threats in Italian and Polish. But but this is this is just an awful, awful message to be sending to people. I'm sorry to sound like an an old man. Um, but this is a this is a bullshit message to put in your movie that's predominantly aimed at young people. No, but that's it's important to acknowledge that because that's as you say it is aimed at young people, and the defence of it is is always that like, oh well, it's just young people. It's it's a thing for them, or whatever. It's not for you. It has young fans, or whatever. But that makes it all the more important for you to deliver, you know, um, a message of you know empowerment and positivity. And to educate people about this kind of stuff and not to be like, oh, yeah, you'd like to date a, a, an abusive, handsome bad boy, wouldn't you? Which yeah. is just like an old cliche. And, and, and I, I don't know why people still fall for it, young people. And I think as well, like, people talk about it being like escapism as well. So it's like you wouldn't act that way in real life. But I still think that's not a good defense, really. No, and I you just see, think you see- like there's much better stuff out there for, for young people. And it also, I think that's talking down to young people as well, because it's saying that like, oh, this, they, they'll watch any old shit 
when actually like young people even if as like a talking a homogenous group is sort of anyone from sort of teenage years upwards they're capable of dealing with much more complex themes and stuff than people give them credit for they could watch any film and get some enjoyment out of it so yeah it's dumbing down it's talking down it's punching down isn't it yeah and i think it goes beyond that as well where this isn't just a this guy's a bad boy oh you'll accept that and and people say about people acting differently in real life to how they would in this film but actually the patterns of behavior here from Hardin are exactly like that of people who are manipulative in relationships anyway mm. but done so in this romanticized way and it's not just he's a bad boy the the, yeah. the 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 kernel of his story isn't that he's a hard man isn't that he's a bad boy it's that he is a a um a bad boy with a heart of gold he's an awful human being but he writes poetry yeah and if someone's <laughs> artistic surely they can't be a manipulative or bad person um and this is something that we really need to combat and a lot yep. of this movie is based around this idea that oh well he witnessed some bad things in his past and he still has nightmares um but hurt yeah. people can still hurt people his dad was abusive so it's fine that he's that way yeah, yeah. just because something traumatic has happened to someone and it's having an impact on their life that doesn't justify them doing awful things to other people and equally it doesn't mean that they won't do those awful things to other people as well um and i think you know we're recording this episode just a couple of days after the announcements about marilyn manson um yeah and so i really think that we need to we need to rethink whether that idea of artistic emotional abusive people being romanticized in film because because it's fucking bullshit yeah it is fucking bullshit and uh, you know abuse doesn't just come from a man in a dirty trench coat or a thick-necked muscle-bound uh scumbag in a club it comes from people that you trust it comes from people that you know well Mm -hmm. and you know marilyn manson is proof of that where you know a lot of people saw him as this kind of articulate shock musician um who you wouldn't necessarily think of as being an abusive manipulator um equally you know you've got the johnny depp and amber heard um relationship which has had abuse on both sides but you look at the way that the people reacted to that news about johnny depp and you think oh he was edward scissorhands he was captain jack sparrow he couldn't do those kind of things yeah and just because of someone's interest just because of someone's passions just because of how someone portrays themselves on the outside as an artistic or flamboyant or emotional individual that does not excuse their abusive um, actions and it does not mean that they will not use those abusive actions and we both know people who have been you know part of artistic circles who've treated partners like shit yeah for sure it and i think everyone probably does that's the thing even if you don't know that it's happening you know someone this is happening to probably and this kind of popular culture you know unfortunately is a contributor to that it helps to perpetuate those kind of behaviors doesn't it yeah exactly and i think you know it's you shouldn't romanticize this kind of behavior at all and i it 50 shades of gray I can kind of understand because there's that real element of escapism there where he's like this billionaire and he's into kinky sex. And the kinky sex is the big central focus of Fifty Shades of Grey. It's not necessarily the relationship, but then the relationship elements around it 
are manipulative in that way here all you've got is the manipulation all you've got here is the abuse and this isn't a love story for the ages these are two this is a volatile romance between two young people yeah two young people who are a very you know critical and vulnerable time in their lives yeah yeah so this movie is bad its themes are bad its characters are bad if you had a hand in making it you should feel bad in the first films, oh, that's they they at least tried to do that kind of oh he's a sensitive poet type. In this film, they didn't even bother to try and do anything that showed him in a positive light. All he was was an abusive ass like the whole time. Yeah, and apart that, from I don't know, one time he goes to a yoga class and isn't a complete dick. And and the, and the the first movie as well, it was relatively low stakes, so the whole thing is that kind of bet element that you see in rom coms constantly. Yeah. Whereas here, it completely loses any of that low key human element, and it is just drama. It is just abuse. It is just manipulation all the way through. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a sort of slick produced American version of a trailer for EastEnders. You know, when you're flicking channels on the BBC and it's like, here's the 10 to 20 seconds of the latest EastEnders episode. And it's all people going, fuck you. Who you do this? Fuck you. It was just like that. It was like that. But with young Americans, one, one posho British guy <laughs> stretched out for an hour and 40 minutes somehow. Yeah, this is a, this is a long movie. Um, it's, it's very, very bad. Um, and it feels so long as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the scene after the scene where he, he shows up and sleeps with her when she's drunk, when they have an argument in the corridor. The dialogue is Wizoian. I'm going to say that. Like, most of the dialogue in this film is like something out of the room. Bucket, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that. You wouldn't be surprised to hear them come out with something like that. But in more in kind of the, the, the overacting and the shouting fuck at each other all the time. In that scene, they're in the corridor and like he just, I can't remember which one of them, grabs a bread roll off the like um, room service trolley that's in the corridor and throws it and shouts fuck. And it's just like, that is a Tommy Wiseau move for sure. That's a, that is a you're tearing me apart, Lisa moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and, um, and yeah, so he just broods ar- around a lot. Like you said, he doesn't do much poetry. You see him writing it at one moment. Um, and oh, um, I must have missed that. Uh, but but no, maybe I was reaching like, for my coke. And, and and but nothing. It's it's kind of in like a montage scene. Um, and um, it just reminded me. Have you watched Chewing Gum? No. What's oh, that? Chewing Gum is so good. Um, the the everybody listening, if you've not watched Chewing Gum, go and see it. It's a really great Channel Four. Um, Channel 4 comedy series. Um, I've not even heard of that. Is it recent? uh, So it was a few years ago now, um, starring Michaela Cole, um, who I don't know if you you know. I don't think I know. I don't know anything. I haven't seen anything. (laughs) Okay, this is your homework, Paddy. I've seen Um, Sesame Street and The Wiggles. (laughs) That's what I've seen. Um, this is your homework, Paddy, to go and watch Chewing Gum. Um, she's uh, in I May Destroy You from last year, which apparently was amazing. I still haven't watched it yet. Um, but uh, but yeah, Chewing Gum is really, really funny. And her her boyfriend in that is also a poet, but his poetry is, is extremely bad. And, and whenever I saw him doing poetry or where it was kind of hinted at that he's a poetic sort, I was just thinking, oh, I bet his poetry is really shit. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's going to be the worst, the worst stuff you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, he's a he's a wrong end, isn't he? 
Um, but yeah, yep. they, they, he gets a roll thrown at him. Um, and then he storms off for a bit and they're grumpy for a bit. And and th- th- there's a will they won't may that goes on for a while. It's like, oh, were they back together? Are they not? Um, she goes back home to speak to her mum, who is again extremely melodramatic, like she was in the first movie. We yep. we see floppy head cuck boy. Um, who, yeah, from the first film. From the first film, he appears for five <laughs> seconds and then is never seen again. He looks very sad and he's like, "Oh, I've blown it. I've it's ruined like, I my blew chances." It, Carol. I blew it. Uh, it's like, what were you expecting to happen? You look like a bad Paul Dano impersonator. <laughs> I wouldn't even go that far. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so it's it's it, it's just kind of but mostly um, it's just sort of some sex scenes strewn together, isn't it? And then it's, it all starts to go wrong because he hates his dad or something. I can't even remember. And his dad was Sandy Cohen from the OC in the first film, and it was someone else in this film. And I think, good for you, Peter Gallagher. You got out <laughs> at the right time. It does have one brilliant line though, where. <laughs> He starts having an argument with his dad at the... Is it a Thanksgiving meal or a Christmas meal or something? It's a Christmas party. So this um, is a Christmas film, by the way. <laughs> oh, wow. We've watched a Christmas film in, in February. <laughs> um, where he says he says to his dad, look at your fucking trousers. And it yeah. pans out and he's wearing these horrible tartan trousers. It's like, that's the only sort of sympathetic thing yeah. he says at any moment in this movie is but yes, it's also your dad completely out of the blue choices. he's trying to tell his dad off for being abusive and it's just like it's totally wrong it's just completely yeah it's almost like a non sequitur again it's a Wizzoian line where he's just like look at your fucking trousers <laughs> keep your fucking trousers in the closet yeah um yeah so yeah uh, I've got uh it's the most true thing that little Roy uh, little Lord Shittleroy said little dick turpin boy <laughs> but but you're right the 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 horn section is through the roof in this movie isn't it if you want to watch a movie with really tame sex scenes in then this is yeah you can it go. is but you don't you don't see a single boob or a buttock or no anything. you don't see and any... it's rated r apparently there's, there's, but n- there's no shaft why. unlike um yeah. 365 days you see a bit of yeah to give that film its credit you definitely saw some buttocks in that film. Yeah, whereas here it's all incredibly tame, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it, again, it kind of The drives... worst one is when they're in the office and they're all just wearing their clothes and you're supposed <laughs> to believe that that happened. Um, but it, it kind of drives home the, the kind of issues with the rating system as well is, you know, there's a lot of very bad stuff in this movie, but what would have put it over the edge from the, from, from the ratings perspective would have been if they'd shown some nipple yeah <laughs> it's just ridiculous isn't it it's like you've got it was some probably the bread roll manipulative nonsense in this um but but it kind of it just is very scattergun as well which i think doesn't work in its favor um where, it's all over the place yeah there's bullshit misunderstandings between them all the time the best of the lot is towards the end where they go to a house party for some reason she's gone back to the university and is like yeah i'm gonna go to a house party with all these people i hate yeah just for one scene to remind you that, hey, they're at college. They're actually students. Go She's, college team, sports. Go, go sports. Um, where where our boy um, our boy finds Tiffin, he goes off and speaks to another woman. Um, and, uh, and, and Tessa overhears him, overhears her saying, I don't kiss and tell to him. Um, this starts a huge argument, which to me makes me realize Tessa does not understand idioms. If you don't understand idioms, should you work in publishing? 
Yeah. Are you then therefore capable of finding the next bestseller and reading three books <laughs> she, in a she night? She doesn't understand metaphor. She's Probably there reading. Not. She's there reading Moby Dick, thinking, "Fuck, man, that's a huge whale." Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yes, oh man, I can't. I be- will call you Ishmael. <laughs> I can't believe what they did to those animals in Animal Farm. <laughs> yeah. Four legs really were bad, huh? <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, and, and, and that scene also has the greatest moment of consecutive fucks, um, in the movie. And there's a lot of consecutive fucks. They say the word fuck an awful lot. Um, even more so than we're doing in this episode. And we swear a Which fair bit. Which is a bit. lot. We swear yeah. a fair bit. This is one of our swearier episodes, partly because we're quoting this movie, um, where between the two of them, between, between Tessa and Hardin, they go, fuck this, fuck you, fuck off. Um, yeah. and, and those are all said immediately after one another. Um, but in my mind, I was thinking this should just be directed to the characters in this movie and those responsible for putting this piece of shit out there, surely. Maybe that was a message to themselves and to the wider creative team behind this. Yeah, he w- he was channeling all of that, I reckon. Yeah. Fuck this. Fuck this movie. Fuck you. Fuck you, directors and cast. Fuck off. Fuck off anyone involved in putting it together. <laughs> I know that people like uh, anecdotally I've heard that one or two people don't like the swearing on this show oh. but you know there's only one response to that isn't there <laughs> I'm extremely sorry old sport no fuck off <laughs> I'm sorry but yeah we, we swear we swear but it's what we do and it's a sign of passion and yeah I'm sorry if care, you don't we like care it. about films maybe we should maybe we should bleep it <laughs> Do a clean version and do a... Do Jesus a, um... Christ. Editing this already takes <laughs> up too much of my week. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that won't add any time to it. Um, yeah, no, I'm afraid you're probably just going to have to live with it, we swear. Or we could replace it with some funny noises. Like a horn going... <laughs> a, du- a, duck's, a duck's quack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's... Uh, just deal with it. I'm sorry, we're adults. If you're listening to this, you're probably an adult. Or if you're a kid listening to it, you're a cool kid and you can handle some swears. Yeah. What's up, you cool baby? Yeah. <laughs> does, Eric, does Eric listen? <laughs> yeah, he does. Love it. What, what did he think of this movie? He listens every week. Oh, he hated it. He, oh, thought it was, he said mean, it was the worst film he'd ever seen. He's a child with exceptional taste, so. Yeah. He said he was very upset that he had to watch it when he would much rather have been watching Dinosaurs. Exactly. He's into dinosaurs at the That's moment. what I was thinking as well, because I also love dinosaurs. And you know why? Because I played him the goofy um, Walk the Dinosaur song from the Super Mario Brothers film. Oh, George Clinton. Yeah. Oh, so I love that. I love that song so much. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, there's no dinosaurs and no George Clinton in this movie. What we do have, though, is the most tame use of a car crash I think I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, I, I looked away from the screen because I was cooking an egg during the car crash. So <laughs> is, I, that I can't meta- is that, is that a metaphor? Is that a metaphor, Paddy? No, that's genuinely what happened. <laughs> I can't. I and then I looked back and I was like, oh, she's been in a car crash. He's running along after the ambulance like a totally normal person. Yeah. So so to 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 bring you up to speed, um, his phone had run out of battery. They'd done the big old fight at the party. And she was trying to get hold of him saying, call me, we need to speak to each other, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's in the car with a friend um, using the charger and sees all her messages and tries to call her. She unbuckles her seatbelt to reach over to get the phone and then drives 
into a junction the other car shouldn't be coming from the other direction but they are and she gets hit um and and you think oh this is dramatic but then it just gets completely glossed over they spend about a minute afterwards on on her having to go to the hospital and then she's absolutely fine she's totally fine it only exists to set up the love triangle that isn't even really there because nice accountant glasses boy is there and he and he gets her phone and tells Harden to go away yeah but in the next scene he's there so that all just happened for basically no reason hey abusive ex-boyfriend don't come and see your ex-girlfriend who you uh were horrible to at a party last night um i think is a fair thing for a friend to say to the abusive ex-boyfriend um yeah but it does give us a very hilarious moment where i don't know if you caught this but he's running along after the car after the ambulance you can just hear him going tessa (laughs) yep as if he's chasing after the family dog yeah on a, a, a boxing day walk on their grounds yeah tessa get on away. their estate get away from that stoat hole tessa yeah um yeah it's extremely bad um but and then there's this whole thing about him he's getting clean he's not gonna drink anymore and he's gonna be fine now and that's yeah where- he's an alcoholic on top of everything else by the way yeah um, which is definitely handled with tact in this movie and not yeah. <laughs> in an incredibly offensive way. Um, um, but yeah, so he, then he's getting clean and he's getting good for her. And then at the end, they they go off together again um, because she believes him. Um, but and And this is another issue is, you know, addictions make people act in erratic ways and you know there's there's often a connection between addictions and abuse but just getting Mm -hmm. clean once is not an indicator of someone being better and in fact addiction is something that you handle long term and there's no indication in this movie that any of that is is a factor it's a complex thing and i think if you're gonna have it in a film you have to really explore it and give it time and space and grace and this film has none of those things it's literally just there to make him look like a bad boy it's there it only exists so that he can get clean so that the film can give you a reason to think that he's okay right yeah, it's yeah, cynical exactly it's, it's, it's a very cynical it's a very poor use of a very dangerous and complex thing in real life um and i yeah. hate it all the more for its inclusion here um, yeah, but but you know, they and needed- if it wasn't bad enough, they used one of my favourite Sufjan Stevens songs to track it as well. So fuck you for using that song as well. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, it's it's incredibly poorly handled, um, and it glosses over all of the intricacies of it. It's just, yeah, it's a. They needed to give him a justification for him being bad and part of that is an abusive childhood part of that is an ongoing addiction problem but none of that correlates to his behavior in any significant way his behavior is so awful and he is such a dick that even though you know that his dad was like abusive and awful when he goes for the dad you're somehow on the dad's side (laughs) you're like this guy in check check trousers who looks a bit like keir starmer seems all right to me yeah keir Keir starmer dad um and also you see (laughs) that's one of the brief moments where you see a long-term um recovery plan for addiction where it's clear that he has been sober for a long time and he's still painted as the villain by this movie. And it's like, well, yeah, he did awful things. But 
if you're looking at long term what dick turpin's life is going to be like he's going to have to emulate that he's going to have to consistently be working on his addiction problems in the way that his dad is yeah and they the film pretends to deal with that by his mum having a conversation about it but it's just the mum saying you have to forgive your dad otherwise it'll eat you up forever yeah and you don't have to forgive someone for that no, you don't. That's not <laughs> so, again. That's not really how to so, deal with it. Solving, is it? No, solving problems of trauma and solving problems of addiction. It's not based on on your feelings towards another human being. It's based on your feelings towards yourself, and it's based on your own control. And yes, having support mechanisms around you is really important for those kind of things. But it has to all come from the individual. It can't come from forgiving someone externally. He could quite rightfully hate his dad until they're both long dead that doesn't have any factor in the 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 addiction or the abuse that he suffered um and this movie just tries to wrap all of those wrong antiquated cliches up in this abuse romance story and just fucks it every single time yeah i i agree with all of that so yeah, very fuck bad. this movie. It's and also, beautiful. is a British character even British if they don't say the word wanker? You wanker. Can you he's a wanker, mum. You can't date Mike, he's a wanker. He's a, he's a wanker. He's a wanker. He's a wanker. <laughs> yeah. Or if, if um, a posh British woman doesn't say Lou within the first ten seconds of her scene. Like, fucking come on. <laughs> yes, we say Lou. Hilarious. Oh, it's just fucking shit in that it's bullshit bullshit movie bullshit yeah, people. very bad um i and also he can't even ice skate what a dick <laughs> well I'd, i've never ice skated in my life well i'm sure you do a better job than he does in this film because he's rubbish at it so can i say something of course you can fuck hero finds stiffin <laughs> Yeah, I I really want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I haven't seen him in anything other than these films, but in these films, I cannot stand him. Oh no, his you... acting is absolutely <laughs> terrible. You have seen you have seen him as Tom Riddle in Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. I oh yeah, seen. for like half a scene. When yeah. you know, I thought he's very very good as a creepy eleven year old Tom Riddle. I'll give him that. <laughs> um, he's. Uh, I think I mentioned he's in the TV series Safe. Um, uh, I've not seen that. Which is like a, it's a very silly mystery about someone whose daughter's gone missing and someone's died at a house party. And Hero finds Tiffin is one of the um, other kids at this kids' school, and he's insufferable in that as well. So he's not got a good track record with me. Does so he far. shout "fuck" while throwing a bread roll at someone? <laughs> no, he's not the one who throws a bread roll in 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 this. Movie. Oh, right, it's, okay. it's Tessa. Tessa, um, Tessa. But uh, but yeah. So you know what? Uh, what el- what else has he got on his plate? He's got a TV series called Day by Day, a TV series called Cleaning Up, which has Sheridan Smith in it, who I okay. like a lot. Maybe I will give that a go. Maybe Hero Finds Tiffin will be good in that. Um, it's uh. A, a, a struggling mum discovers access to a lucrative stock market information while working as an office cleaner in Canary Wharf. That sounds fun. I'd watch that. Okay, I'm open to that. So here it finds Tiffin. That might be your your three strikes and you're out policy for me because you. I didn't like you in Safe. I hate you in these awful movies which have defined your career. 
You better not fuck up cleaning up. You better not fuck up something with Sheridan Smith in because she is a national fucking treasure. National treasure. And you're yeah. not. Well, no, you're listening, hero. <laughs> you listen every week. You've got nothing better to do. You're, you're, you're learning how to be an abusive dickweed for these terrible films, doing all, yeah. of your, doing all of your research, and when you get some time off from that, you're listening to this podcast, you're like, oh, I wonder if they will like my latest shit piece. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he wishes it was a shit piece. He, yeah, this is not a shit piece. This is abhorrent. I think is the right word for it. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah. So don't fuck up that. And maybe you're going to be in something good later. But at the moment, not he's f- got time. He's a yeah. young guy. He's a young guy. He's also got Tiffin in his name, which is very close <laughs> to Taffin. Which you know, maybe he shouldn't be living here. <laughs> Which, you know, if you've got just a, even if it's a, a misstep, you know, and also Tiffin's quite nice. You like you're a fan of Tiffin? It sounds sounds nice. I haven't. Don't think I've ever actually eaten have a you, Tiffin. Have you not had Tiffin? It's a no. It's, it's like, what's a sort of nutty caramel biscuit thing? Yeah, oh yeah, I don't think it's got any caramel or any nuts. Actually, it's mainly chocolate. So okay. it's like crumbly biscuits with chocolate and maybe some like other random stuff in sometimes they put raisins in which i'm not too fond of but other times it's like maybe cherries or maybe it's kind of like the british version of rocky road right okay um so yeah tiffin tiffin's tiffin's a good thing hero finds tiffin on the other hand not good step your game up mate you wanker ah (laughs) oh who's a wanker sort it out you wanker sort it out you wanker um yeah that's the official official statement from big boys yep we're gonna put that on our twitter like and when you know when people do like an apology image with a quote on an image (laughs) it's gonna say sort it out you wanker in quote marks (laughs) important yeah we'll have one of those youtube apology thumbnails up you know where where a youtuber has been caught being a a sexual harasser and they they yeah or saying the n-word online yeah they have a heated gaming moment yeah. Um, and um and yeah then they they put up that sad picture and they do a little nine minute long video where they go i'm so sorry i've let you all down and then like two months later they do exactly the same thing again yep so sort it out you wanker sort it out you wanker <laughs> wanker oh he's a wanker <laughs> can i just go back to the ice skating thing for a moment <laughs> yes of course it's like um he, he like keeps falling over when they're ice skating and then it kind of zooms out and she's like, do you want to get me, get you like a walker? And there's a, like a woman in the background with like a Zimmer frame on the ice. That's not a thing. They don't have those. You hold the wall. If you can't skate, at least no rink that I've ever been to has I've ever seen anyone using a fucking Zimmer frame on the ice. Like that's not real. Uh, you're so you're talking bullshit, Paddy. I've been to a lot of ice rinks. Literally, okay. I have searched ice skating walker for adults, and you can buy one from Decathlon UK for £25. Bullshit. Fake news. These this, are film, this film made it up there to are... try and make Hero Finds <laughs> Tiffin seem vulnerable. This was its only attempt to make him seem vulnerable, and it stinks. There are fucking photos everywhere, Paddy, of this. You're talking bullshit, I'm afraid. Well, I haven't seen them. <laughs> I haven't seen them, therefore they do not exist. <laughs> Yeah, um, Schrodinger's ice Schrodinger's zimmer frame. Ice zimmer frame. Um, yeah, no, they they do exist. There's loads of photos of them. I I personally have never seen them, but like I said, I've never um, ice skated. Um, uh. 
I think you'd be like a beautiful swan. Well, I it's funny because I I used to really like ice hockey and watching well, watching go. NHL when I was a, a a wee kid. Um, but yeah, I've never ice skated partly because there's never really been the opportunity to. Yeah. Um, it's not really done that often in the UK. No, it's not. I think I did it partly when I was a kid. We went skiing. Which obviously is a thing that the hero finds Tiffin types do. <laughs> but like, yeah. Daddy finds Tiffin. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there would be ice skating there, or it's kind of similar. I don't know. When I was going, growing up, we would go, we'd go ice skating. Not all the time, but it was like there were, there were ice rinks and stuff. But there aren't that many rinks. That's the thing. Usually, these days, what you get is you get a shit one in a shopping center around Christmas. Um, which is not good. Don't go to those rinks. Go to a dedicated one. If you're in London, Alexandra Palace Ice Rink, extremely good. If you're in Surrey, near me, Guildford Spectrum, very good ice rink where I used to used to go. Not that you can go now because of COVID, but you know, there you go. That's my this podcast brought to you by ice skating. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by the Guildford Spectrum, yeah. the UK's number one leisure complex. It is. That's a fact. That is a science fact right there for you. Science fact. Now the Guildford Spectrum has to give us money as well. <laughs> yeah, we've got biscuit to send money. Me some, like, we've got Guildford money Spectrum off money. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're all over it. All over it. Um, yeah. So yeah, hated that scene as well. Very, very bad. I hated literally everything in this movie. She slut shames a woman she doesn't like. That's not cool. Yeah. Um, and the only bit I liked was the car crash scene because that was extremely funny. <laughs> there, there were some funny Wazoian moments, oh, yeah. like more so yeah. than the first film, that you could take a bit of perverse pleasure in, but it's not enough to to get past the fact that this is a terrible film that romanticizes abuse. Yeah, so get fucked, you bastards. <laughs> that's my that's my review. Cut the rest of this yeah. episode entirely, Paddy. Just give me that section. Uh, the way the film ends is kind of the perfect demonstration of that, where, like, he rocks up to the party and takes her away from Trevor, who's being nice, uh, being a nice accountant boy. And then um, the last line, I think it's the last line before his stupid bullshit monologue that I didn't really listen to. Um, and she says, you're never going to leave me alone, are you? And that's supposed to be, like, the big romantic conclusion. And it's like, the answer to that is yes, and you still go through with it. That's fucking creepy. Yeah, and and he gets a big tattoo that basically says, "I'm never going to leave you." And it's like that's not. Oh yeah, at all. You're talking about shit tattoos. That's the shittest tattoo I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely bad, isn't it? Um, and then no, the movie ends with um with her going, "Dad, Papa, it's really you, Papa." Yeah, her papa turns up on the street as a homeless guy. I'm sure that's going to be like handled really sensitively and is going to be really interesting and complex in the second film and isn't just going to be some foil to drive them apart so they can get back together again after he's been an abusive ass for another hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, the the I mean, if they were going to make this realistic about abuse, the whole thing is going to be the dad trying to reconnect with his daughter and then her abusive partner shutting him out and making sure that she never sees anybody apart from him. Yeah. Which, you know, if handled in the right way, that could be a really interesting, potentially harrowing, but interesting, sensitive and important piece of film. But that's not what this is going <laughs> to It's not what's going to happen, is it? I mean, I would love if the final two movies in this series just did a complete heel turn and turned it into a terrifying horror story about this abusive, manipulative relationship. Um, but no, that's yeah. not what's going to happen, is it? There's probably going to be some con- murder conspiracy. 
it's gonna go it's gonna go down the route of um of uh it's gonna go a little bit QAnon. Big, no, um, Fifty Shades. It's going to go a bit Fifty Shades, where you had that whole murder conspiracy and oh, what was it? His stuff. Died, his parents died in a fire or something, and then his his stepbrother or someone else who was in the orphanage is trying to kill oh, him. His, or something his, like that. His dodgy cousin who grew up poor, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, God, such a stupid plot. Yeah. Um, it's going to go down that route, isn't it? That's what's yeah. going to happen. Um, but I don't know if Glasses Boy will turn up in the the next ones, or whether they'll. I find really another. hope he does, because he's the only good thing about it. Or maybe they'll find another um, love triangle to shoehorn in. There probably will be some other bullshit guy. Yeah, it's it's fucking shit, and I hate it. Um, have you got anything else you'd like to yeah. say about this movie? Well, I think the the last word and the the important thing to say is that if you are a young person listening to this show instead of doing the TikToks, then firstly, thank you. We really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, if you, if you like TikToks. this, yeah, doing them TikToks. If, if you like this, if you are a fan of this, you are better than this. I want you to know that you are better than this. And there is better stuff out there for which you can find escapism, for which you can have narratives of, you know, people finding themselves and taking those first steps into romance and having interesting and complicated romantic relationships there is better stuff out there and i really want you to go and find it and not to enjoy the romance here because it romanticizes abuse and it's bad there is better stuff out there you know go through all of the almost 200 podcasts that we've we've done there's a lot of great stuff in there and yet like a lot of the stuff for young people is more goofy so it's it's all comedies like to all the boys i loved before even twilight like has a bit of that romantic sizing of abuse obviously but it's better than this you know even something like the kissing booth or dumpling i looked back over the list of like of the films that we watched and i was like so good and it's like there's there's fun romance in that it's like there is much better stuff out there you do not need this you know you you can do better you know, even I even think about something like Little Women. You know, like there's that's a recent adaptation of a book, lit but the, like people and uh, <laughs> Lit Men. Obviously, if <laughs> what I'm saying is don't watch this, watch Lit Men. Watch Lit Men. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think I think you 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 mentioned a movie that I think is the perfect representation of not treating teenagers like idiots, which is to all the boys I loved before. The first one, the second one was a bit hit and miss, but that first yeah. movie is very smart. It's very well handled. And it has that genuine emotional punch and that genuine romantic feel to it in a yeah. way that does not dumb itself down to teenagers and also shows positive relationships in a way, um, which this movie just does not do. So, yeah, if you are if you're a fan of it, don't want to shame me for what you like, but no, of course you not. are much better than this. Yeah, you, you can do better. Um, so yeah, go and go and watch RoboCop, the ultimate romantic movie. <laughs> go and watch Beethoven and then Beethoven second back, back on, to back. Go and watch the the King Solomon's Minds movies. The, yeah, the greatest movies of all time. Go um, and watch the Bridges of Madison County. It won't seem weird and dated to you at all. <laughs> um. So right, uh, I've got some trivia for you. So this was directed oh, by our boy Roger Cumble. Oh, we didn't even talk about Roger Cumble. <laughs> no. He, he's definitely got a three strikes and out by now, surely. Well, the thing is that he's done a good 
Um, <laughs> he's done a good. He's done a good before. Because he did, he did direct Cruel Intentions, which is a really yeah, good movie. We need to talk about that. But yeah, he has also done Just Friends and After We Collided and Falling in Love. But Falling in Love, I think you can kind of give a pass to. That no was... one in Falling in Love was like abusive or mean-spirited. There was a little bit of mean-spirited humour in there, but mostly it was just forgettable. Yeah, yeah. And he also did um, Fairy Vengeance, which is the Brendan Fraser movie that's apparently terrible um, about <laughs> woodland creatures. Furry Vengeance. You, who would have thought a film with that title would be terrible? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, Roger Cumble, obviously, he directed um, Cruel Intentions, which also starred Samuel Blair. So there mm-hmm. you go, working together again. Um, this all, this movie was also rated R, as you mentioned, um, as shown by all of the sex and all of the swearing, um, which is, uh, which is uh, generally I like it when movies can go a bit R-rated, but this movie did not use it effectively. Um, and also Anna Todd had a cameo, so she obviously was the writer of the books. Um, yes, and she she like wrote part like co-wrote the script this time, which she didn't for the first one. So I assume it was down to her that all the F-bombs were added. Yes, yeah. Apparently this was meant to be closer to the um, to the story, which concerns right. me. Um, I okay. don't know if she's writing the third and fourth or not. Um, but yeah, we'll find out. I don't out. know. But <laughs> ultimately she's the writer of the source material, so she's the one that's come up with all this stuff. So she has some things to answer for. Yeah, I think. it's not good. It's not good. I'm not a fan at all. Um, so anyway, right. How are we going to rate this? Oh God. How many bread rolls do you need to throw at me (laughs) while shouting fuck for me to go away? (laughs) Well, the real answer to that, I don't think, I don't think it would only take a couple of bread rolls in real life, me throwing at you for you to go away. I think we would catch them and eat them. (laughs) I think you'd probably find some kind of makeshift bat and we do a little bit of baseball. Um, Yeah. Bread roll baseball. Bread roll baseball. Famous game to play in hotels. Um, But for the, for the answer to how good this movie is, how many bread rolls it's, I'm giving it fucking one, one for glasses boy. Yeah. This movie is terrible and it's, awful thematically the ideas behind it the ideology behind it is offensive and i despise it there's no ridiculous features is this worse than just friends because oh we, yeah to make the scores relative we need to we need to do that okay in that case i'm also giving it a one which means it is now our lowest scoring film of all time yeah though just just friends is still probably the meanest movie <laughs> that we've yeah. watched but just friends had moments this has nothing. This is a void, a void filled with abuse. Yeah. Um, so get fucked to quote this movie. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> fuck this. Yep. All the f bombs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get out. So what? What have we got next? Give me some good news, Paddy. Give me some. Well, we news. we had a request for a film that I've been wanting to see for a while, which is from a couple of years ago, which is Sorry to Bother You. Ah, excellent, yes. Um, I have watched this very recently, actually. You have? Um, Oh, good, good. Um, There's something that's been on my list for a while, I just hadn't got around to it. So thanks to my dad for requesting that one. Yeah, I I hope you enjoy it. Oh, it's got Terry Crews in it. It's got to be good. It is, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, so I'm excited to talk about that. Brilliant. I'm sure it'll be better than after we collided. Uh, Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> it definitely is. Spoiler alert. Not that that's hard. Oh, dear. Oh, well, we, we love what we do, nonetheless. Sometimes we have to have a sweary episode like that, but we really, really hope you enjoyed the show. And rest assured that we do talk about good films as well, as well as, you know, shit pieces and everything in between. If it's, you know, if you haven't listened to many episodes and, you know, well, while we're on the subject, you know, as I said, we have done almost 200 episodes. So if you haven't listened to them all, why not hit the back catalogue as well? There's nothing else to do because we're still in lockdown in the UK, at least. Yeah, it's good listening for when you're bored at work. Chuck on one of our episodes, listen to our soothing voices and, uh, you know. Listen to our soothing voices telling you to sort it out, you wanker. (laughs) Sort it out, you wanker. And remember to buy McVitie's Blood Orange Digestives and go and visit the Guildford Spectrum. Spectrum, that's right. Guildford Spectrum. Yeah, (laughs) I am a big fan of the Guildford Spectrum, (laughs) as you can tell. Yeah, you go there to skate all the time. Yeah, (laughs) that is what I do. (laughs) All right. And yeah, please remember to rate, comment and subscribe. Um, Yeah, leaving us ratings and reviews and stuff is always very, very helpful. It helps people to find the show, especially as I can't be asked to promote it on social media anymore because I hate social media. So, you know, (laughs) please, please do some of that. And yeah, thank you for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. And we love you. We do. We love you all very much. All right. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about Sorry to Bother You. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye.